if you can't see my face, or rather, if you can, wow, congratulations if you see my face moving. I'm in York and the internet is crap at the moment, so we're just going to do this. I hope you enjoy what we can get you this week. It might be a little bit haphazard. Uh, hi, Chris. I'm waving. I'm uh, completely naked. I'm picking my nose and scratching my butt because I can do that now. Perfect. Awesome. And I thank you for that visual, too. I didn't need that. <laughs> uh, I'll let you talk now. Why don't you just talk about uh, who won the competition last week? Okay. That sounds good. Uh, we had Chris Retzlaff and Red Comet. Uh, Nostromo had two out of three, but just I stumped him on the last one. Um, the theme last week was Gary Busey. So... Uh, the first, uh, number one was point break, then lethal weapon. He was Mr. Joshua in that one. Barely had any lines really. Um, and then uh, rookie of the year, which is a great family kids movie. Um, so congratulations to them. Here are this week's and, uh, just, you know, put them in the, put your answers in the comments, make sure you give a little bit of space, uh, so that everybody has an opportunity to guess, here we go. Did I miss 60B? Number two. What man is a man who does not make the world better? Number three. Shall I describe it to you, or would you like me to find you a box? <clears throat> so, I think these are on the easier side. Um, but let us know. Uh, Ruben, I'm going to assume <laughs> you have a question and I'm going to cross my fingers that I get to hear it all. You want to ask it? <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, those questions were pretty good. Reminded me of what's in the box. What's in the box? Uh, but yes, what is your current favorite comedy horror? Because we've had quite a few this year. Uh, well, the last few years, they've been really quite good. There's a new genre that I think that's taking off again. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, Chris, and the people in the comments of the favorite current comedy horror. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we have had some really good ones lately. Uh, even I think we're going to talk about one this week. But uh, for me, still at the reigning champion is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyuk just mm. they're, they're I just kids are through himself in the wood chipper just <laughs> it's it's so funny I mean the first time I never oh gosh it was it's only been in the last couple of years that I first saw it you know maybe a handful of years something like that uh because it just I didn't understand what the movie was and so I never clicked on it and I never watched it and then once I did I was like holy crap why have I not done this and so now I own it on you know steelbook blu-ray 4k or whatever and I watch it yearly minimum so what about you yeah I mean that's such a good one isn't it it is one of our repeat favorites um maybe not so current but like in the in the 90s 2000 i think it was 2000s there was a comedy horror with seth green called idle hands uh that i recently re-watched 
and and Jessica Alba and it's so funny uh it it's it, it reminds me a lot of the evil dead if the evil dead didn't take itself too seriously which is funny because if you watch evil dead 2 and the army of darkness that's when it doesn't take itself seriously this one is all about the guy that it gets he, he's so lazy that his hands get his one hand gets possessed because of his laziness um so he's got to try and stop it from killing people and then it just goes on a rampage and then there's a whole law thing about it and it's just craziness and stupidness and still works because of the time frame of when it was set in it's that sort of stupid comedy worked back then and because it's kept its nostalgia and the way it looks with its aesthetics with the color palette the way they spoke you know guys on drugs and his best friends are uh, one, one of them is seth green that now has a bottle in his head and is a zombie and he's like oh man you killed me i can't believe you did that but they're still friends with him uh, a lot of fun i've not seen this one i just added it to my list hey well, should we uh, dive into what is the best thing we watched this week? Yeah. Cool. Why didn't you start? Uh, well, continuing on the theme of um, comedy horrors or horror comedies, Totally Killer on Prime came out. Uh, time travel, you know, very, very reminiscent of um, Freaky um, that had Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn or... Um, why can't I? A happy Death Day. You know, both, uh, I believe, Christopher Landon movies who might be doing the next Scream. And just when you have this this quirky little concept, you know, where for this one, there's a serial killer that had happened in the past and then he returns um, 30 years later or 40 years later, whatever. Kiernan Shipka is stars in this and she's our main protagonist. And she something happens within her family and which then is traumatic to her. She's, she accidentally goes back in time. And since she's back in the eighties, when the first killings were happening, she is now working to try and stop that. Uh, this uses, utilizes the timeline, um, or at least time travel rules as butterfly effect. So change something in the past, it changes it in the future, which causes all kinds of funny things. Um, you know, the comedy for me really worked because you have a modern sensibility in a time where at that, at that time, we didn't see anything wrong with it. Now looking at it through a different lens, it's like, holy crap, we were just a terrible society. The things that we said to people, you know, the way that we referred to people, the whole thing, it was just like, yeesh, that's not cool we've 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 grown and so we get that but the the mystery for me was good the uh the violence was fun i don't think there were any unique kills or anything like that but it wasn't so much about that it was more about just having a really good time while watching this slasher and uh you know participating in the chase uh, you know appreciating the mystery of it and then um having characters that we get to see grow because Shipka meets her mom in the eighties and her mom is not anything like how she is, how Shipka knows her. And so we get to watch a transition happen in that. And so I, I appreciated that too. I thought it was funny. You know, she gets to see her dad as well and, and her friend's mom and 
parents and stuff. And so it's it's quirky and it's silly and it's now going to be for me a yearly watch uh, because I just yeah I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, would this been be on your list, Ruben? Um, no, yes, it, it is on my list. That's number five. If we had time to get to it, so it's there. But I didn't know if whether we would 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 have had time. I think I like it as. I mean, it does what it says on the tin. It says, you, you know exactly what it is. My only negatives would be that I didn't really care about any of the characters. I like the fish out of water with Karen, Karen and Shipka. And I'm not sure that I liked her being bossy to everyone that was in the 80s. Because they don't know that they're in the 80s. They're just living that time. So everybody that's doing things that would not be okay in her time, in their time, it's exactly what things are. So she comes across as very like... Oh, you're wearing a shirt that has boobies on it, you know, <laughs> and now just like, yee, that's totally the 80s. <laughs> um, but there were some things that I'm glad we've corrected, like... It's totally the Yeah, 80s. totally the 80s. Uh, there, there are some things that I'm glad we corrected, like um, the scene with the parents, with the, the smoking in the car, and the kids in the back, <laughs> just like, they open the window, and they're just like puffing out, and you're like, we did that. That's a thing that we actually did. I mean... That that was normal. Like we just didn't get that, you know, cancer was linked to smoking, or we were ignorant about it. I do think when we got kills, they were gory. But I do think they could have been a little bit more creative. I think they hamstrung themselves. I don't know if that's the word. Um, because it's called the Sweet Sixteen Killer, the guy has to stab you sixteen times. And visually, in your mind, that sounds scary, but at least with like killers like Freddy or Scream, you know, they, they could be, they could really vary. But here the guy is like, one, two, three, four, <laughs> you're like, hmm, okay. And also the mask itself, I didn't find the mask that scary. It just felt like someone had bought it out of a costume shop. Uh, you found it scary, Chris? It was a terrible mask. <laughs> I, no, I didn't find it scary at all. I just, I, I the mask was horrifying. Well, the mask was horrifying, but in a terrible yes. way. I mean. Um, one interesting thing was, I don't know about you, but it felt like the fight scenes were almost martial arts and, and good. Like the, the, the one fight scene with Karen and Shipka fighting the guy in the mask they looked like they were like doing a few martial art moves. I was like, since when does a killer have like these sort of skills? And I thought that was interesting. It was different. I love that you're nodding and you're trying to catch up to what I'm saying when I'm saying it. And now I'm just talking over you because you're like, how many seconds yeah, is this yeah, going to catch up with? And this is comedy genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's uh, such as mm. technology there, yeah. you know. But no, I, yeah, I, I, okay. So I liked it a lot more than you did, but still enjoyable. Um, oh, okay. What's on your, what's, what's, what's top of your well, It's interesting. Cause we've got a couple of films to talk about today in our, because we're doing Halloween month and we, we're talking about a couple, one that we know we're talking about the other, um, we, we don't know what we're talking about. One of those films led me down the path of watching something similar um, like, you know, when you watch something, your streaming services will then suggest something else. So I watched a movie that's PG-13, but it has no right being PG-13 or as scary as it was. The only detriment that I can find about it is that it goes a little bit Hollywood towards the end, like a, a sort of 
hey, this is where we're going to blow our budget. But I don't know if you've ever seen the, the film called The Cave. Um, yeah, so very similar to The Descent. The Cave, oh, maybe you haven't. Okay, so The Cave, basically there is these, the, what you would call the best of the best deep cave divers. These guys will go down crevices miles deep in the earth, even if it's like blocked up with water, and it, this, it's their job to kind of map out places to go and find underwater kingdoms and lost civilization stuff. That's kind of the, the premise. So in this one, they get asked to come and look at a new cave development that has been found. And basically, they're two miles down and five miles in. Uh, and then there's a little avalanche and they have to find their new way out that deep. So immediately you're scared for them because they've got a certain amount of oxygen, with their tanks, there's a lot of water, and that would be scary enough. But then, because it's a civilization that has been not seen for like long, long time, there's a species that's under there with them that has evolved over time to be the top of their predator, like the top of the predator tree. And then it becomes them surviving. And I thought it just, it becomes a, like a tense thriller action movie. And I had like, it was, it's just a wild ride. And the way the claustrophobia is filmed, the underwater sequences, the darkness, I thought, holy crap is this PG-13? I don't, I don't get that at all. <laughs> it's very harsh for, I think in the UK it's a 15. Uh, but in America, you guys are used to all your guns and stuff. So, you know. Yeah, we're less concerned about violence. So... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're more prudish so we just uh you know no i'm just prodding, prodding blur the, out the nudity and and you know and anything like that that's natural um <laughs> this uh this looks fun yeah. i'm i'm gonna add this to my list the um when you said cave it brought back memories of truly the most horrifying movie i've ever seen that's actually not even a horror um called sanctum and it was uh about cave people none oh that's damn good yeah that's also with water yeah, about a cave I, yeah claustrophobia and and there's no monsters in that mm. it's just life and it is yeah nail biting and no yeah it's just real <laughs> yeah Yeesh. cool all right from 2005 i'm gonna check that out Ugh. cool uh yeah we yeah. good to move on Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, Lupin Part Three, uh, French uh, Netflix mystery uh, thriller caper adventure series. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, season two didn't grab me as much um, as the first season did. I mean, it was still fun, but it just it didn't it mm. didn't invest me as much. This one, holy crap, I was like fully invested in it. Um, I was having a blast because it's just oh, it's, it's good again. Yeah, it is. It's more of um it's more personal this time, which I know the whole thing has been personal, especially season two, um, because at the end of season one, Lupin or actually it's is Assan's son gets kidnapped. And um, you know, there's there's all kinds of inner workings and everything. And so this one though dives more into his past and utilizes his past to inform his present. And, uh, it's, 
I, I had a lot of fun. Mm. The, the biggest, I think, downfall that the series as a whole has, and that may be just a, um, because of the, uh, the books that these are, you know, the based on the capers that these are based on as, as the, at least the source material, the, we always know that Asan is working a scheme. So it's always a Mission Impossible type thing or an Ocean's Eleven that what we see is not what actually happened. There was a lot more uh, intricacies to it. And so it removes some of the surprise because at some points we're like, oh, well, that didn't really happen. You know, and, and I would like for something to actually really happen the way that we watched it play out exactly with no inner workings or anything else, because then it becomes a surprise. We're like, <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. You know, I don't know if whether or not to, to believe this. Um, but it's, it's, I had a blast with it. I was really invested in it because of the story. They add some, um, <coughs> some new familial elements and tensions within there that I think really works well. Uh, not only to build out a son, but then to invest you more in some of the side characters that haven't gotten as much prominence. Um, I thought the series was ending too. I thought it was, it, it felt like it was wrapping up, like it was just going to be, you know what, this is a good cap to it. And then holy crap, at the end of episode seven, they do a twist and you're like, oh, oh my gosh. So it's... um. Yeah, it's seven episodes, each, you know, 45, 50-ish minutes long, something like that, close to an hour, whatever. Um, not a fast binge, but I binged through it fast because it was just, I was riveted and, and couldn't get enough. Nice. I'm so glad it's good again because, yeah, like you, I wasn't a huge fan of the second part. I'm not... I feel like I said sh I should say over now. <laughs> Roger, Roger. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the the second part. Love the third part. No, that's wrong. Wasn't a huge fan of the second part. Love the first part. But I am excited about the third part. Perhaps you can't hear me at all anymore, can you? <laughs> I have no idea if you're talking. <laughs> I hear you laughing now, <laughs> I, I heard nothing of what you said if you said anything. <laughs> when Evil Lurks is a scary film that you should not be watching before you go to sleep. Unfortunately, I decided to do that and that was a mistake. I'm not sure I loved it, but it's a film that sticks with you because it makes you think. It's a possession film that we haven't, well, we have seen, but not quite done in this way. I've never seen Possession done on a scale like this. A very interesting, large, atmospheric, wide Possession, but also like as if it's a disease. It reminded me a little bit of the Denzel Washington film. I think it's called Fallen. I can't quite remember the title. It might be Fallen, where a demon passes from one person to another just by touch. It's a similar premise. I really like the idea of how um, Chris's face is changing to the words he doesn't know that I'm saying. But also, I think this is a really well done atmospheric film, but feels slow. So when you get the brutality of the kills in this movie, I was shocked. There's some things I've never seen done before on screen and they don't shy away from it. But when you see um, the dialogue that they're talking about, kind of establishing what's going on in the movie, 
I did kind of zone out a little bit. Not everything needs to be said. So like I'm, I'm in two minds with this film. One, it kept making me think and I, I didn't like the outcome of it, but it was the logical outcome for this film. Two, brilliantly executed and really, really brutal. So I guess that's why it's on the best thing I watched this week. This one was, um, wow, uh, visually grotesque. Um, you're right, atmospheric, definitely. Um, I was, gosh, what do I want to say about this? This is not on my list because I felt the story was a little bit too messy, that it didn't stick with its own rules that it had established. That mm. does not take away, though, from the horrifying visuals and the spectacular spectacular practical effects that they employed. I mean, that was, if you, if you like gory visuals, if you like, uh, when things are not off limits, this one delivers that it's, you know, you may have said, because I couldn't hear you, uh, you may have said it's Argentinian and the, you know, so it's the mix of rural, like very rural, and then town and city. I mean, it was just, it was great because you bring in modern uh, ideals, you know, like police and people living with, you know, all kinds of electricity and everything else. And then you also have the the farmhouse that has zero electricity to it um, and only lamp lit lights and everything. And that's what, uh, you know, you need in this world to prevent the spread of the possession. Uh, I, I thought that was unique too. I liked, I really liked that idea. Um, you know, it was fun. It was, it was gross. Uh, it took a little bit too long for me to get to some of the things. Like once they started the momentum, there was like, Oh, this is crazy. And then it would drop back down again in the tension. And then kind of amp back up and then you know we would have some things where they didn't stick to what they had agreed to as far as you know well if you touch this it ha this happens or whatever i loved the futility of everybody's at least the seeming futility that happens within everybody's movements and their decision making uh because that adds this layer of the oh, that was a i don't even know what word that was going to be <laughs> it adds a layer of dread that just permeates everything because when you look at it and when you see all these actions and it's like, uh, nothing I do is going to matter. Will it, that, that just, it brings everybody's morale down and it just becomes hopeless, which is excellent for a story like this. So what's next on your list, Chris? So funny enough. Uh, okay. So just as context, Ruben and I chose for horror ween. I don't know if that's trademark, but we're going to use it also if not, and if it, <laughs> Nobody else has used it. It's ours. Uh, but uh, we chose one movie to talk about uh, that we watched together. And then we each chose a, a horror film that uh, that we just wanted to watch this time. For me, I'm not going to touch on it too much because I am going to... Well, no, I will. Well, I can't totally because... Anyway, uh, mine, I watched People Under the Stairs. It's a Wes Craven film. Uh and when I say I watched, I saw less than half of it and I turned it off. It is a horror comedy that was not working for me. It was just way too, way too silly and way too goofy, even though I appreciate what it was trying to tell. I mean, it's attacking 
um, racism and classism and just by making you have some gross people who don't allow children out and then they have somebody living in their walls and then they have more things living in their walls and they feed them. It's, it's disgusting. What really I think didn't work for me to the, that really just pushed me over the limit was the music that was accompanying the actions. The music was this very, um, whimsical is not the right word. Maybe more like carnival except not creepy carnival, like silly carnival music. And it just, it didn't match the tone at all. It made things feel very light and lack of, um, just what attention. This was a first time watch for me too. I had never seen it. I thought I had seen it, but I didn't. And it's just, yeah, I know how dare I, it's just, yeah, it, it was, I expected a lot from Wes Craven. Uh, this movie just does not hold up. Um, maybe it gets better as it goes along, but you know, 25 minutes in 30 minutes in, and I'm still like cringing at the entire thing. That's a lot to ask. Um, it stars Ving Rhames, which is awesome. And fun fact, the, the lead actor in this is actually in, um, Mighty Ducks and is it the Sandlot? I have to look that up, but it was kind of cool just seeing him as a kid because he was, you know, child actor for that for a while. And, um, uh, Brandon Quentin Adams. And so he was, I mean, he was great. He was, uh, he was doing well in that. Um, but yeah, Sandlot and the Mighty Ducks. So anyway, okay. What's, um, what was something? Yeah, perfect. You respond and then let me know what your horror was. Okay, so it's been a really long time since I saw People on This Day. It's probably like way, way back when. I remember being scared of it, but I'm not even sure, like you, that I've seen all of it or if it even in context is the same film. Uh, because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of the ch- the Children of the Corn in context with the kids under the stairs. So I may have to go back and see how bad that film actually is. I saw someone uh, do a deep dive on an anime film that it came out in the 80s that a lot of people, oh Chris, this is Legend of the Overfiend, that a lot of people say that you shouldn't be watching because it's bad. Um, It has so many themes that are nasty and grotesque and very adult. I 100% agree with that. But actually, it's an anime that has incredible animation and the story is messed up, but it's the most anime anime of all time you know this this guy seemingly normal geeky kid that uh shouldn't be what he becomes but at one point in the film you're having giant penises the size of skyscrapers destroying buildings uh and then you're having demons uh taking over the world it's a really dark story dark horror look and it's almost like an answer to what akira was if you, if you thought akira was going out there legend of, of the overfiend is one of the the goriest and creepiest uh, anime movies that has now become cult status and actually all will not say or a lot of the people that used to go no that's a terrible film now regarded it as, as one of the the best so if you can handle goriness and everything that was the 80s and things that you probably couldn't make now, then I would suggest watching this if you're an anime fan. 
I am done now, Chris. I am done now, Chris. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So that I have not seen that, but I think you've told me about that before. Like the just it feels like a horrifying story or just like gross and graphic and everything, especially for an anime. So I'm going to have to try and find that. And um, you may have even said where you watched it. I don't know. So we're going to talk about a movie that we watched that is, um, it's atrocious. It is probably, you know, <laughs> when people say, oh, this is the worst movie I've ever seen, or this is the worst movie of the year. I'm sorry. I don't buy into that hyperbole. Because when you're commenting on something that is in the theater and it's, you know, you just didn't like it, fair enough. You don't watch enough movies, though. I'm just telling you right now. Mary Had a Little Lamb. It is now in the public domain. We had Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which is a terrible movie, but one that I saw in the theater. And because of the theater experience, it was outstanding. I mean, it was great because everybody there knew what this was all about. Mary had a little lamb hit VOD this week. And, um, let me tell you, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. This could be the worst movie of the year, but we do have one, um, that hit the public domain coming up in an, another two weeks. So that may actually take the rain. We don't know. We'll find out. Um, it, this is boring. This is, um, just like, I think you said, Ruben, in your uh, in your review, like even worse than student film making because the cinematography is, for the most part, not good at all. You know, too close. You know that stuff. Um, the the lamb man, the her boy, Mary's boy, who's the, the little lamb, except he's not little. Um, it's just a mask. It's there's nothing else to it. There's no movements to it. There's no nothing. I mean, not even glowing eyes. Something would have been a lot more fun with that. We have people that show up to this this place, and um, you're right because I thought it was Emma Stone at first, and it was certainly an Emma Stone um, lookalike. And Ruben has completely left me now. Me, we had a little lamb, little lamb. Little lamb, me we had a little lamb whose fleece was red as this movie cause it's poo. Chris wishes he could hear me now, hear me now, hear me now. Chris wishes that he could hear me now. Hey, you're back. I can't hear or see anything. Okay. No internet connection. Sweet. Just cut out completely. No, again. <laughs> oh, no. I was just talking about Mary Had a Little Lamb and just how um, how terrible, like, the mask was and how there was, you know, no glowing eyes, no, no nothing. I mean, it was literally just a static mask. Um, the kills weren't unique, really. They weren't just the whole thing was so lackluster that they did not lean in to what they had um even on a tiny budget i hated it, it i i mean i i, I hate this movie because <laughs> there, there's actually a semblance of a good movie in here if they edited it well the worst thing for me and and literally there is a lot to dissect as to how to make a bad student film which this isn't 
Uh, it had a budget of just under 100 grand. The Evil Dead had a budget of 100 grand. So don't come at me with like, oh, there's small budget. No, 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 no. The buzz track, the score, the, there literally is no buzz track in some of the parts of the movie. So they cover it with score. But some of the score doesn't make any sense to what's happening. And then when you're getting kills, they dip down the music, have it melancholy, making no sense. You can't hear like the guy's head being chopped off. All you hear is some sort slightly, but you know something's happening because the visuals on screen is telling you something is happening, but there's nothing, there's no other cues. It's, it's like they have all these edits and then they edit it together without looking at the other edits. I liked part of the score oh my gosh especially in the the first first port no do, no no wait listen to me wait like when <laughs> when the redhead is okay, having I'm a conversation with mary the music is foreboding and it's building and it it matches mm. the tone really really well uh you're right though when we get to the when we get yeah. to the you know the kills it's mismatched there is yeah there's a, a huge lack of foley in this that we just the, <laughs> the sound effects the natural walking noises all of that it's just like and i think that's because they probably just didn't have the right equipment you know and which is no excuse probably but yeah i mean the uh, you mentioned in your review there's literally a part and it happens a few times where it seems like someone's sitting on a microphone and i because the 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 ambience of it is like it's been ruffled yeah because there was like especially in the one scene that it was it was the most distracting for me was when um the redhead again in that scene was talking with mary in front of the fireplace and mm. it would flip back and forth now they're supposed to be eating but we never actually watch them eat and so mm. the noise the sound effects, the Foley, which they have at this point and probably just not, it's probably just off camera noise. That's, you know, but we get these weird sounds like it, it's like, it's like, mm. or, and it's, it's, but we don't see anything. And so it's very distracting because we've never been giving ex exactly. <laughs> it's so bad because you're like, why are you, why? If you're going to show somebody eating and capture these sounds, or if you're not going to remove these sounds in the edit, then take a wider shot. You know what I mean? Show them both together versus this, this back and forth thing. And cause we did get a wide shot at one point, we got to see them. And anyway, ugh. yeah. So if you have, if you come at us and you say, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And it's like just a middle of the road movie. No, you need to go watch more movies. We each week I could probably tell you a worse movie than <laughs> than some of these. <laughs> doesn't mean you hated it. Just doesn't mean that it's the worst movie ever. There's actually one good part in this movie, Chris. Do you know what that is? Okay, so the one good part in this movie is the the Mary herself tells her story with another young actress. And uh, I thought her story with the ambience there was really good. Uh, but that's it. They had such, they had the workings of something that could have been disturbing, deep, gross, whatever. Hmm. But they, they stayed very surface level and very just stupid the entire way through.
All right. Well, this has been an interesting show, to say the least. Um, we do thank you for joining us, um, putting up with this. Hopefully, you've put up with this for this. Um, <laughs> next week, we will be back with uh, full video, full audio, hopefully working and completely in sync and uh, making sense, not seeming like just two different conversations. You can say that this is the worst movie that you've seen because this is probably um, highly entertaining and highly stupid all at the same time. Um, but, hey, we have a Patreon opportunity at patreon.com slash ones. It's one pound. Uh, there's over 60 videos. New ones being added all the time. Uh, there's different tiers that you can join in if you want that give you different levels of access and different uh, abilities to or abilities to request different items from us um, that we would you know talk about or discuss or whatever. Um, there's also a couple that are outside the paywall, so you can check those out as well just to see what we get up to. Um, again, it's on the screen. It's in the description below. We appreciate and just love our patrons that we have. Um, we have a lot of fun chatting with them. It's a nice little community there. And so that's outstanding. If you'd like to be part of that, patreon.com slash the bearded ones, head over to YouTube, like, share, subscribe, Ruben with the Ruby Tuesday, me, Chris movies and munchies. If you're watching on Ruben's channel, head over to Chris. If you're watching on Chris's channel, head over to Ruben, give love that way, uh, share it amongst your friends. Even if it's not this video, uh, you know, other ones, let us know what your favorite horror comedy is. Uh, like Ruben had asked, uh, don't forget about the movie quote quiz. And okay. With that, we're going to end this nonsense. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.